And we're back very shortly after, what, maybe an hour of recording the past episode? Yeah. Yep. So, there we go. Do is, we need to do a... Is that the cold open? That's the cold open. Okay. We just... just yeah, stating the facts. We're back. Yep. We're back. Um, uh, but do I need to introduce myself again? I mean... I mean, I'm pretty popular, and you're not. So maybe you aren't you? <laughs> I'm joking. First I'm of all, joking. that's that's hurtful. I'm that's joking. mean and hurtful. I'm joking. Um, no, but uh, okay. Uh, okay, sure. No, you're you're. Uh, let's be honest. In 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 the grand scheme of things, you are far more popular than I. Not really. No, no, for sure. Yeah. For sure. If it's, we're if we're referring back to high school days, you're for sure. No, God, yes, no. yes. No. Yes. You were a theater geek, and I was a theater geek. You were also, senior a th- year. yeah. You were a theater geek your senior year. So, but get that straight. Uh, Bickle, <laughs> Bickle. All right, Willard. <laughs> Willard and Bickle together forever. <laughs> Is that the name of the uh, podcast next season? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, that's the running. So, like you know, we have our show to show plots, which are just the usual thing, but. Over the entire course of the season, we're going to have the overarching plot, which is Willard and Bickle. Whatever, For man. reference, his senior year, my sophomore year, we did Footloose, my absolute favorite musical I've done to date. Everybody else hated it, and I don't care about their opinion. Let it die. Um, no, <laughs> absolutely not. Let it die, let, let it die. die. Yeah. Let it, okay. <laughs> um, but I was Willard, and Cole was some background character named Bickle, and it was great, and that's where our friendship started. And it might end tonight after WWE. <laughs> Don't be mad. Don't be salty. Whatever. The belt stays with me. Whatever. Whatever. For that, I am Owen Spelling. My name's Cole Connor. And this is part two of the Fun Zone Friday episode. Well, technically, it's Saturday now. Yeah. Anyways. This of the is Panther, Panther Pod. Pod. Okay, so this is preview New Year's Six Bowl plus LSU and Purdue episode. To get things kicked off, we're going to start off with a New Year's Six Bowl here, and we're going the Cotton Bowl with Tulane and the USC Trojans. Tulane is essentially playing with home field advantage Pretty in much. this game. Pretty much. Uh, Cotton Bowl, correct me if I'm wrong, but is played in the AT&T Stadium. It sure is in Arlington. What would have been even better is if it was played in the the Superdome. Yeah, in the Superdome, which is the Sugar Bowl. So had they been playing in the Sugar Bowl. Yeah, it would have been essentially home field advantage. But um, the spread is a lot closer than what I thought it was. Uh, USC is favored by only two. Of course, this is number 16 Tulane versus number 10 USC. Uh, Both teams have two losses on the year. Tulane, of course, won the uh, American, and USC won the Pac-12. USC lost the Pac-12. USC lost the Pac-12 to Utah. (laughs) Tickets are actually low as $6 for this game. I wouldn't want to pay $6 for this game. I would want, like, good seats, because I feel like this is going to be a – this is probably going to be one of the better games yeah, of absolutely. the New Year's Six Bowls. Absolutely. Um, this is going to be a quarterback showcase between Michael Pratt and Caleb Williams. Mm-hmm. Uh, Michael Pratt has 2,776 yards passing on the season, 25 touchdowns, five interceptions. Caleb Williams, the 2022-2023 college football Heisman winner, 
Yes, he is the Heisman winner. Uh, don't roll your eyes at that, Cole. Uh, he is 2,296 for 480, 448. Michael Penix Jr. was robbed, but all right. I mean, Hendon Hooker was also robbed. Yeah. Stetson, no, no offense to Stetson Bennett, but Stetson Bennett should have never been a finalist. No, Hendon Hooker should have. Yeah, no, Stetson Bennett got on there solely because there's a big black and red G on the side of his helmet. Uh, anyways, Caleb Williams threw for 4,075 yards, 37 touchdowns, four interceptions. Um, Taylor Dye. Who uh, Travis Die? Excuse me, not Taylor Die. Travis Die for USC. 145 carries, 884 yards, nine touchdowns for Tulane. Ty J Spears, 212 attempts, 1,376 yards rushing, 15 touchdowns. Say it again. 15 touchdowns. Two very high-powered offenses. Very much so. USC is scoring more points per game, uh, 41.1 to Tulane's 35.2. Uh, points allowed, however, is a completely and totally different story. Tulane, 20.5. USC, 27.9. Total yards, USC right at 500. Tulane, 433. Yards allowed, USC 415. Tulane, 342. Looking at Tulane's last five, they beat UCF 45-28. They beat Cincinnati 27-24. They beat SMU 59-24. They lost to UCF 38-31, obviously not in the conference championship game. And they beat Tulsa 27-13. For USC, going all the way back to the first Utah game, which was October 15th, USC's defense has given up 17 or more points per game. Nothing lower than 17 points per game. Against Utah the first time was a loss. They gave up 43 in that game, gave up 37 to Arizona, gave up 35 to Cal, gave up 17 to Colorado, but Colorado stinks. Um, 45 to UCLA, 27 to Notre Dame, and 47 in the Pac-12 championship game to Utah again. USC said, what defense? Yeah. What is defense? Why do we play it? I understand that strategy. I don't. I don't like it. Like, I have never been really a big fan of let's make this into a boat race. I'm just going to put as many points as possible on the board as you. Defense wins championships. Yes. And USC lost theirs. Look at Cole finally admitting something, that defense does win championships. Yeah. Um, um, the matchup predictor is slightly in USC's favor um, on ESPN. It's 58.3 to Tulane's 41.7. I think Michael Pratt and Cam Rising are very similar. Caleb Williams. No. Oh, Cam oh, Rising oh, 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 you're going Cam Rising. Utah. Okay. Um, and I think Tulane is similar enough to Utah as far as coaching philosophy and playbook that this is going to be a very tough matchup for the Trojans. Um, it's in AT&T Stadium. Weather is not going to be a factor inside the Dome. Uh, however, it is projected to be 55 degrees. So, again, it's a little cold for both teams, but... Either way. 
or in the stadium. <sighs> Can Tulane's defense hold back the Trojans? I think so. I think so as well, especially if Caleb Williams is still injured. Yeah. The Pac-12 championship game was played on December 2nd. It is now December 31st. That's 20. Happy New Year's Eve, everyone. Oh, yeah. Happy New Year's Eve, everyone. Um, That's 28 days from a hamstring injury that Caleb Williams appeared to have, or lower body, let's just say lower body injury for Caleb Williams. What, how long, is 28 days enough to rest, get healed up, play through practices, enough to be at 100% for this game? Or is he still still going to come limping on, onto the field for USC, or have somewhat of a little, you know, may may not be a major limp, but has somewhat of a little bit of a limp. It's definitely going to take some mobility out of Caleb Williams, and Caleb Williams, I feel like he's not he's not the prototypical mobile quarterback that can scramble and get. He can do those things but he is very comfortable as a pocket passer. One thing that I think makes Caleb Williams so dangerous is his accuracy on the run, like yeah. being able to be so accurate even on the run. Um, I don't know. I don't know which way to go. I know which way to go, and I'm p- telling you which way I'm going to go. Give me the green wave. Give me the green wave because USC will not have a defense in this game. They will not have a defense in this game, and Tulane will. USC's given up 415 yards on defense. Tulane's given up 342. They beat the Big 12 champions this year in Kansas State. Yeah, they lost to UCF early on in the, or half midway through the year, but then they went right back and beat them again in the American in the uh, conference championship game. Give me Tulane. Give me the Green Wave. They will be the Cotton Bowl champs. Roll Green Wave wool. Ah <laughs> yes, um, yeah. I mean, I think this game is going to depend a lot on how Tulane can respond because you know USC is just going to want to put a bunch of ports, points on the board early. Oh yeah, that's what they've done all season yeah. long. Um, how is Tulane's offense going to wake up and respond to that? Yeah, and I think Michael Pratt is more than capable of doing mm-hmm, that. Mm-hmm. So. Um, yeah, we both picked Tulane. Jay, you want to throw in a pick? Okay. Jay will also be going Tulane as well. All right. <laughs> he said he'll bow wagon. Um, up next, Cole's favorite team to talk about, the All-State Sugar Bowl. Alabama Crimson Tide taking on the Kansas State Wildcats. Uh, before, before we even break down any stats, I'm picking K-State. You are picking K-State just right off yeah, the bat? right off the bat. Okay, so you're gonna go with Big Twelve champs. Look at you. Look yeah. at you. Finally, go with this. Is this is the one game that if the SEC goes, frankly, if the SEC only wins two bowl games this year, mm-hmm. I'm okay with it, as long as those two, as long as Alabama is not one of those two bowl games. So you'd be fine if it'd just be, well, we, they've won three now. Uh, yeah, because t- well, yeah, Tennessee beat Clemson thirty. As we're recording this, we will go over this in our review show as well. So very, but Georgia could still lose Georgia, yeah. that which would be a shocker. But 
Georgia and Alabama could still very well lose, and they would just have two wins and beat Tennessee and Arkansas, which would be odd. Um, but anyways, Sugar Bowl. ESPN has Alabama win this has Alabama with a seventy two percent chance to win this game, and Kansas State has a has a twenty seven percent chance of winning this game. Absolutely disrespectful. Alabama. Uh, the spread is in favor of Alabama at seven, and the over under is at fifty six. Um, tickets are as low as fourteen dollars for this game. Where are these tickets coming? Like, what? Where are you sitting with these fourteen dollars and six dollars tickets? You've got to be in nosebleeds. Got to be. Have to be. But so looking looking at team stats, Alabama's putting up around forty one points a game. K State's putting up thirty three points a game. Alabama's giving up 18 versus Kansas State, who's giving up 20. Alabama's putting up 475 total yards of offense. K-State's putting up 420. Yardage given up. How? That hurt. I smashed my pinky against the table. Anyways, um, Alabama is allowing 311 yards when their defense is on the field. K-State is giving up 366 yards. Uh, when they're on defense as well. Looking at Alabama's last five, they beat Auburn 49-27 in the Iron Bowl. I mean... What? I just... Mm, they beat Austin P 34 to nothing. Mm-hmm. They beat Ole Miss 30-24 to in that weird week where I actually wanted Alabama to win. <laughs> Lost to LSU in overtime, thanks to Jaden Daniels. And they beat Mississippi State 30-6. to Looking at K-State's last five, they beat TCU in the Big 12 championship game 31-28 in, in overtime. overtime. They beat Kansas 47-27. to They beat West Virginia 48-31. to They stomped Baylor 31-3. to And they lost to Texas 34-27. to You take away that loss to Texas – and you are potentially looking at a different top four in the college football. No, I wouldn't playoff. say that because they still have two losses. They still got a loss to Tulane, and then they'd have a loss to TCU as well. So, I, I still think it wouldn't be that much that much different of a top four. Um, it looked better as a loss for TCU. I'd say that. Well, let me say this. You might not have a different top four, but you'll definitely have a different top six. Yes. Um, yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. Uh, look, Kansas State, the Big 12 uh, champs here. What I'm looking at is can K-State attack early and attack fast, but also be consistent with Deuce Vaughn? Because do because if you can keep be consistent with Deuce Vaughn and let Deuce Vaughn be Deuce Vaughn in this game, then great you you have a great shot at winning this game. For Alab for Alabama, how healthy is Bryce Young? And that's you know, and, and just offensive. I think it's I think we're really looking at both the offenses here. How productive can each offense be for K State and for Alabama? On paper. It says Alabama's going to be much more productive than K-State will be. The defenses are decent. For Alabama, it, it seems to be a much better defense for K-State uh, versus, versus K-State. Here's my case for K-State in this game. When's the last time that Alabama played real competition? 
Um, I would say Ole Miss. Mm-hmm. Then LSU. Yep. Mississippi State was also a tough one. Um, and then let's see. After Mississippi State was Tennessee. Was their loss to Tennessee? And then they had that close game against Texas A&M. Had a somewhat close game against Arkansas, but ran away with it at the end. And then you go all the way back to Texas, where they barely beat out Texas, twenty to nineteen. So any real competition they've ha- they've had this year, with not even any kind of exception, any competition they've had, they've struggled mm-hmm. this year. This is not Alabama of old. For um. For Texas, or I'm sorry, not for Texas, for Alabama. Horns down, by the when, way. Uh, yes, horns down. <laughs> for Alabama, when they beat Texas, they had a high, uh, the highest rushing yardage that they had was uh, McClellan for 97 yards. For Texas A&M, it was 154 yards. For Tennessee, when they lost to Tennessee, it was 103 yards. That was also Jameer Gibbs. When they beat uh, Mississippi State, Jameer Gibbs had a high of 37 rushing yards. When they lost to LSU, they had a high of 99 yards. When they barely beat Ole Miss, they had, McClellan had a high of 84 yards. When they and, and and those were for those games. That's it. So right now, you the out of the anomaly, which is Texas A&M, where Jameer Gibbs had 154 yards, you're looking at 100 yards or so and under. So what does that tell me? That tells me two. It tells me two different things. It tells me either if Kansas State can stop the run, they have the best shot at winning that game, because all of those games are within one score of each other, minus Mississippi State, minus Mississippi State. But the rest of those games are all one score games, right down to the wire. You can say the exact same thing about K State, however, to make the case for Alabama. Deuce Vaughn, 81 yards. Deuce Vaughn, 83 yards. Deuce Vaughn, 73 yards. You know what those games have in common? Mm. Tulane, TCU, Texas. Mm. The three losses on K-State's schedule all happen when Deuce Vaughn rushes for under 100 yards. And that goes back to my point of if you can keep Deuce Vaughn clicking early – good shot to win the game now will howard is an exceptional quarterback as well coming in right there halfway through the season at the tcu game going 101 for 164 over a thousand yards over 1400 yards passing 15 touchdowns two interceptions will howard really excelled this season we thought adrian martinez did really well at the beginning at the first half of the season and then he gets hurt and will howard uh steps in for the wildcats and just takes over the starting job for Kansas State, keep Deuce Vaughn in the mix. Make sure Will Howard doesn't get hurt. Now, I think Adrian Martinez will do fine and will really work with his legs if Will Howard does get hurt. And you've got to stop the Alabama rushing attack. You have to do it. If you can keep them under 100 yards, you have a really good shot at winning the game. Now, However, I will I will say this though for Alabama in those games, Bryce Young had 213 yards passing against Texas. That he had um, uh, Jalen Milrow had 111 yards passing for Texas A&M, 
and that's partially why that game is so close is because Jalen Milrow had to step in. Bryce Young was hurt against Tennessee. Jay, uh, Bryce Young had 455 yards. Against Mississippi State, he had 249. Against LSU, 328 yards. Against Ole Miss, 209 yards. Bryce Young is going to be Bryce Young. Oh, he's going to put up at least 200 yards passing. At least, I would say at least 200 yards passing, possibly. It's going to really help if you slow him down and make Alabama a little bit more one-dimensional on the ground game. 100%. However, even if you still make them one-dimensional and make them pass the football, I don't think that's going to be an issue here because, again, they're only two losses – Bryce Young had 455 against Tennessee and 328 against LSU. Yeah. So passing is not you. I think stopping the run and holding them to under 100 yards. That's that is Kansas State's key to winning this game. I agree with that. Um, that being said, I made my pick at the start of this. It, it is very well documented that I despise Alabama. Um, no matter who they're up, if if we would have covered Alabama Austin P, I would have picked Austin P to win, one hundred percent. Like, and but personal politics aside, I do think K State has a very real possibility of winning this. Oh, game. I think I think Kansas State has a real possibility of winning this game too. Um, and also we talked about this as well. Texas, uh, their stadium has over a hundred thousand people that seat that stadium. Tennessee has over a hundred thousand people that seat that stadium. LSU has over 100,000 people that see uh, Tiger Stadium. Would all three of those games have, like, all three of those games were played really close, and two out of those three games were losses for Alabama. Mm-hmm. Now, they played against, they played close with Ole Miss, and then Texas A&M was a home game. And let, let's be very clear that Texas game, which again, horns down, um, that Texas game, the only reason Alabama won that game was because of a last-second field goal. and But that march by Bryce Young right there at the last – had it been no, Jalen Milrow. I, I understand. Yeah. I understand. I, I get what you're saying. Bryce Young is a very phenomenal phenomenal quarterback, and if Jalen Milrow's in, they're done. There's no way they have three losses. But oh, – there, there is a way they have three. They have more than three losses, I think, if Jalen Milrow plays majority of the season. Yeah. Um, no, I K State for sure. You know, I walked into this thinking K State's got a chance, but I I want to pick Alabama. That was my thought walking into this. However, reviewing this and looking back over at some of these statistics and knowing what K State has been this season, I kind of want to lean K State, but I also want to lead the tide, lean the tide as well. Because you have Bryce Young. Yeah. But I I don't know. I I think my fi- I think my final pick, I'll go K State. I'll go K State. The purple and go- the purple and silver will uh will rain down for the sugar bowl. Even though I'm unsteady about it. I can't change pick now. I'm unsteady about it, but I do think Alabama It would not surprise me if Alabama wins this game. But I'm going K State. Okay, Jay. Jay, what you got? Jay's just gonna pick whatever we pick. Okay, he's he picked. He also picked Alabama. Oh, Alabama. 
Oh, oh, just oh, Jay, Jay, Jay is picking Alabama. Jay is for sure picking Alabama. <laughs> All right, watch it. You're in my house. <laughs> Moving on to the oldest bowl game in the CFB, the Rose Bowl. Big twin, big twin, Big Ten versus Pac-12. Penn State, Nittany Lions. What is a Nittany Lion, by the way? I think it's a variation of like the uh, mountain lion. Okay, Penn State Nittany Lions versus the Utah Utes. What's a Ute? I think it's a, I think it is a uh, a uh, Indian tribe out west. Uh, I think. I thought it was a truck in Australia. I have no idea. <laughs> I, that's my best guess. Um, yeah, U, uh, Utah Penn State taking on the Rose Bowl. We got Sean Clifford versus Cam Rising. Uh, Nick Singleton's going to be playing in this game. It's going it, to Pac-12 champs versus not Big Ten champs, but a very solid Big Ten team. Very solid Big Ten team because their only two losses are to the two best Big Ten teams. Yeah, and being Ohio State and Michigan. Yeah. Um, you touched on Sean Clifford and Cam Rising, but this is also going to be a running back matchup as well between Tavion Thomas and Nick Singleton. Both of these teams rely... Utah, not as much. But both of these teams rely on the rush. Penn State, more so. Uh, Looking at individual stats, uh, Sean Clifford, 210 for 330, 2,543 yards passing, 22 touchdowns, 7 interceptions. Cam Rising, 241 for 364, 2,939 yards passing, 25 touchdowns, 7 interceptions. Nick Singleton, 149 carries for 941 yards and 10 touchdowns. He's going to break 1,000 yards rushing in this game. Um, And then Tavion Thomas, 142 attempts, 687 yards, 7 touchdowns. It's (sighs) points per game. Let's look at team stats. Penn State, averaging roughly 35.8, call it 36. Utah, 40. Penn State, 18. Allowing 18. Allowing 18 points per game, excuse me. Utah, 20. Total yards, Penn State, 432.4 per game. Utah, 472. Yards allowed, 317 for Penn State. Utah, 325. Looking at the last five for both of these teams, both of them have one loss. Ohio State for Penn State, 44-31. Utah, 20-17 over Oregon. Or under Oregon, excuse me. Utah just beat USC in the Pac-12 championship game, 47-24. Handled. USC, a very good USC team this year. Utah has a lot of momentum coming into this game. Um, Penn State, their last five. Michigan State, 35-16 win. Rutgers, 55-10 win. Maryland, 30 to nothing. Indiana, 45-14. Ohio State, 44-31. Penn State's won their last four. Mm-hmm. That being said, the level of competition between Penn State's last five 
and Utah's last five is significantly different. Is it, though? Michigan State is in a down year. USC were projected to be the Pac-12 champs at the start of the season. Yes. And were, were the second-best team in the Pac-12. Yes. Rutgers is Rutgers. Colorado is Colorado. Maryland, come on. Stanford, come on. Indiana, Purdue, maybe. Indiana? Even then, Indiana's, not really. Indiana's a basketball school. Yeah. So you could even make the case that Indiana is Bandy. Um, Arizona would be the closest thing to that. Mm-hmm. Or Stanford, either one. Yeah. Like, well, I'd say Colorado, actually. Colorado would be more than that. Uh, but then, you know, their toughest their toughest game, too, was Oregon. They lost Oregon by three. Penn State lost to Ohio State by 13. Their toughest game in their last five. Give me the Utes. The Utes? Oh, interesting. See, I thought you were going to go Penn State there for a no. little bit. Give me the Utes. I think that Penn State has a lot of momentum carrying into this game. That being said, I think Utah has played much tougher opponents in their last five. Not by much, but I think that their strength of schedule has beaten out Penn State's strength of schedule. I think Utah is more battle-tested. Interesting, interesting. After this game, Utah or Penn State's next opponent is West Virginia, fun fact, in Happy Valley. Uh, spread is two, over-under is 52.5 in favor of the Utes. Yes. So, excuse me. I want the Utes to have a redemption story. They played a great Rose Bowl, a classic last year against Ohio State in the Rose Bowl. And I would love nothing more than for the Big Ten to suffer another loss in a bowl game. Would love that. Give me the Nittany Lions. Ooh. I think Penn State is sneakily good. And I think that Again, this is one that I think Sean I think the I think the dynamic between Sean Clifford and Nick Singleton is gonna be just a little bit much for, for Utah. And like you said, yes, the strength of schedule the strength overall strength of schedule goes to Penn State because you had to play Oklahoma you had to play Ohio State and Michigan State. I don't agree with it, but that's but it is what it is. Yeah. Because you had to play Ohio State and Michigan. But because of that, because you only lost thirteen by thirteen to Ohio State, took a big loss to Michigan. Uh you forty one seventeen, big loss. But he bounced right back and beat a good Minnesota team. 45-17, almost the exact identical score to what you lost to the week before. I I just I think that Penn State is very is like I said sneakily good, and I think that the di- the 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 dynamic or the team up match I don't the know the chemistry the chemistry thank you between Sean Clifford and Nick Singleton is just going to be a bit much for for um, Utah to handle. Yes, they have Cam Rising, but the, but they're running back to uh, Tavion, Tavion Thomas, I just don't think is as good 
as what Nick Singleton is. Okay. That's absolutely fair. And any of these matchups, I can honestly see going either way. I've reiterated oh, yes. that multiple times. Oh, yes. these these The past three that we've talked about, they could go either way. However, this next one that <laughs> yeah. we will be talking yeah. about. No, it's going one way, and it's going very decisively. Yes, yes. Um, Ferrari brick wall five. Mm-hmm. Ohio State and Georgia. In the Peach Bowl, which is a semifinal game. Yep. Now we're getting into college football playoff territory. Yes. Except for our last game. Sadly, that will not be for the playoffs. <laughs> Whatever. Um, Georgia's favored by six. I'm going to tell you right now, should be a lot more than that. It should be at least, I would say, two touchdowns. Um, C.J. Stroud and Stetson Bennett. Both great quarterbacks. Stetson Bennett less so on the stat line. But he does what he needs to do to get his team in a winning position. That being said, what he needs to do most of the time is rely on that Georgia defense. Because that defense is fearsome. Yes. C.J. Stroud touching on his stats, 235 for 355. uh, 3,340 yards passing. 37 touchdowns. Six interceptions. Stetson Bennett, 269 for 395. 3,425 yards passing. More yards passing than C.J. Stroud. 17 less touchdowns. 20 touchdowns, 6 interceptions. Points per game, Ohio State, 45. Georgia, 40. And that's being very generous on my roundup. Ohio State's defense is allowing 19.3 points per game. Georgia, 13 points per game. Ohio State's offense, 492.7 yards per game. Georgia, 491. Both teams right at 500. Both defenses are allowing right at 300 yards as well. Georgia has them edged out a little bit. Uh, Ohio State has 303, Georgia 292. You can look at Georgia's last five. LSU, 50-30. to 30. Ow. Hurts. It's whatever. Georgia Tech, 37-14. Kentucky, 16-6. Mississippi State, 45-19. Tennessee, 27-13. I can go on and on and on. Georgia is 13-0. They're 13-0 for a reason, and most of those were blowouts. Ohio State's last five. Penn State, 44-31, win. 21-7 over Northwestern. 56-14 over Indiana. 43-30 over Maryland. And a big, fat loss to Michigan. 45-23 in the game. We already said pretty much who we're picking in this game. But the little cherry on top is this is the Peach Bowl. This will be essentially played on Georgia's home field. Oh, pretty much. Yeah. It's maybe a 30-minute drive. Give me the Bulldogs any day of the week. They're number one in the nation. They're undefeated. 
Like the only way Ohio State is going to win this game is if they put up a ridiculous amount of points in the first quarter and hope that they can hold on. Yeah, give me the Bulldogs. Uh, give me, give me, give me the Bulldogs as well. Give me Georgia. There's no way Ohio State's winning this game. Absolutely not. They thought they ran to a buzzsaw when they came to when it came to Michigan. Yeah, no. Try try with Georgia in their home field yeah. on their home field, pretty much. Yeah. This it's, is this is going to be bad. This is yeah. It's I, I would say by the fourth quarter, it's just not going to be good. Now I will ask you this though: What kind of heat does this put on Ryan Day? You've lost to Michigan two years in a row by big scores by the end of the fourth quarter, and then you can one year you can't make a semifinal game. This year you make it only because um, Hendon Hooker. Oh, yes, oh, well, no, only only because USC loses its conference championship game, and there was no way that Utah was going to get put in there. Yeah. So, so you only get put in there because somebody else lost. It was by somebody else's doing that you get put in there. So I don't think this puts a whole lot of heat on him mm-hmm. because at the same time, I understand you're you're losing to Michigan consistently. But it's not an every year thing yet. That's true. I say give it at least two more seasons and then start to evaluate mm-hmm. where you stand. I think if anything happens too rashly, mm-hmm. you end up with a very successful coach who has taken you to the CFP multiple times, who has recruited great players, and you're losing that in the market. Ryan Day comes to West Virginia after that. <laughs> if he gets fired, so Ohio State, please fire him. We'll see. Uh, so yeah, give me the Bulldogs. Yeah, no, one hundred percent. Give me, the give me the Bulldogs. Next up, a team we would have never guessed would have been here. The TCU. Oh, also, Jay. Oh yeah, Jay. Ohio State, Georgia. Who you go? Oh, he's what? <laughs> no way. Can, you, man get, is can you give me an OH? Thank you. Oh, my gosh. I cannot believe this man just picked Ohio State. Wild. Wild. <laughs> Roll that. Hey, text your picks on our group chat, by the way. Um, next up, TCU Horned Frogs versus the Michigan Wolverines. Jay is already putting in his pick for the TCU Horned Frogs. Um, what is it, trippy toad? No, no, the hypno toad. Oh, hypno toad, hypno toad. Uh, ESPN ha- is giving Michigan a sixty-six percent chance of winning this game, and giving TCU a thirty-three percent chance of winning this game. Spread is seven and a half in Michigan's favor. Over under is fifty-eight. <sighs> TCU lost the Big Twelve championship game in overtime to Kansas State. That ended their 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 undefeated streak for the season, um, but it did not end their playoff hopes. This is Sonny Dyke's first year at TCU. Let me ask you this before we even go into anything. Okay. Is Max Duggan healthy? Yes. Okay. Absolutely. Because I knew at the end of the K-State game, he was a little shaken up. Um, he was upset that they had lost. No. Oh, oh, yes, yes. He was a little hurt. No, he is okay. Okay. He is healthy. Cool. TCU on offense is a thing of beauty this year. 
Max Duggan, 239 for 368, 3,321 yards passing, 30 touchdowns, four interceptions. J.J. McCarthy, not even in the same stratosphere. 186 for 288, 2,376 yards passing, 20 touchdowns, three interceptions. That being said, Michigan runs the ball. However, so does Dre Miller. 216 carries, 1,342 yards, 17 touchdowns. That's not Michigan's running back. That's TCU's. Blake Corum, 247 carries, 1,463 yards, 18 touchdowns. So in 30 more touches, roughly, Blake Corum has 100 more yards and a touchdown. TCU can run the dang ball. And their quarterback is light years ahead of J.J. McCarthy. Points per game, TCU 40.3, Michigan 40.1. Even. Even. Here is where the difference maker is. TCU gives up roughly 25 points a game. Michigan, 13. Total yards, 473 for TCU, 453 yards for Michigan. Yards allowed, 385 for TCU, 277 for Michigan. Michigan is only only allowing 85 y- rushing yards a game. That's insane. There is a reason why Michigan is ranked number two in the nation. Um, they are also 13-0. They beat Purdue 43-22. Ah. They beat Ohio State 45-23. Shockingly close game against Illinois, 19-17. They beat Nebraska 34-3, and they beat Rutgers 52-17. Looking at TCU's last five games, they lost the Big 12 championship to K-State in overtime, 31-28. They blow out Iowa State, 62-14. Have another shockingly close game with Baylor, 29-28, 29 to 28, pull that one out of the win. Have another close game with Texas, 17 to 10, and then and then comfortably win with Texas Tech, 34-24. They're allowing TCU is putting up a total of 473 yards on offense. Michigan's putting up 453 yards of offense. TCU is allowing 385 yards of offense whereas Michigan is allowing 277 yards of offense. Here's what TCU needs to do. They need to score quick, they need to score fast, and they need to do it as, like, first possession, need to score. Like, just in And TCU is very capable of that. Very capable of that. However, Michigan's defense is very capable of stopping it. But I want to remind you of something. Ohio State and Michigan, the game. Blowout. Would you would you agree a blowout win? Yeah. Only for the fourth quarter. Ohio State led this game. Twenty to seventeen at the half. 
Michigan scores again at the third quarter. They lead 20 to 24. Four-point game. It is not until the fourth quarter and later on in the fourth quarter that Michigan would go on to score 21 points and Ohio State only scores a field goal. What does Ohio State and TCU have in common? High-powered offense. I will tell you right now, Michigan has faced a high-powered offense, and they were and they didn't quite do as well. And then they did well in the fourth quarter. They were more consistent. They were consistent. However, they have not faced the likes of TCU. TCU has played from behind all all year. Like I, I can count on a number of games, at least half of their games that they've come from behind to win. The first Kansas State game is is a prime example. Michigan, yes, their defense is scary good, but look what happened when they went up against a high powered offense in Ohio State. It was not until the fourth quarter that they could finally pull away, and at that, it was even because of Ohio State mistakes. So, looking at that, TCU has a shot in this game. Score quick, score fast, and score early. That's what you have to do in order to beat Michigan. Get out ahead, boat race them. Because they're not willing to boat race. They don't want to boat race. They want to chew clock. They want to take up your time of possession. Don't make it a boat race. That being said... Kendra Miller has, like TCU and Kendra Miller can play this a very different way if they want to. If they want to. They can also take their time and chew clock. Kendra Miller's a good enough back to do that. That's not this TCU team, though. No. They are explosive no. and they will get you. You do not want to play, you do not want to try and beat Michigan at their own game because Michigan's been doing it all year. It's, <laughs> thank you, Jay. Um, <laughs> Michigan's been doing it all year. They're willing to play that time and possession game. They're willing to slow it down and make and make you stop the run. You have to be explosive with the pass because right now that's your best shot. Michigan is giving up almost 200 yards passing on defense. That's their weak spot. Rushing, they're only giving up 85. So for TCU to win this game, score quick, score early, and don't play Michigan don't don't make a time possession game don't make it a time possession game boat race them boat race them boat race them for Michigan to win this game chew the clock do what you've been doing all season do what you've been doing all season you'll win the game make them stop you and if they stop you oh no because JJ McCarthy is a good quarterback they've got good receivers but it's not that's not their identity their identity is not passing the football Yep. Their, identity, their identity is running the football, and that's what we rely on. Stop or slow – I would even say just slow down the run. Slow down the run. If they score every other possession, that's fine. But you, at TCU, you cannot go a possession without scoring. For TCU to win – like I said, four TCU to win this game. Got to score quick, got to score fast. And you can do it with Kendra Miller. You can do it with Max Duggan. Duggan. And you got Quentin Johnson also in that receiving core with another slew of receivers as well. Do that, you win the game. I'm picking the Horned Frogs. They're going to go to the to the national championship game to face Georgia.
pause for effect. Um, <clears throat> as much as I hate to do it, I knew it. Give me the Wolverines. I know it. I know it. I know it. And and it, but it's but their defense. Yeah. I don't blame yeah. you. It's their defense. I mean, they're that's really the only reason why I'm picking Michigan is they've been rock solid all season long. And if I don't think TCU can ever truly be one dimensional. But if they eliminate Kendra Miller and they eliminate TCU's run game early on, which they have all season long, they're only giving up 85 rushing yards a game, that's going to make it very hard for their offense. It's going to make it difficult on Max Duggan because he also likes to use his legs as well. Yes. Um, so, yeah, no, give me the Wolverines. I understand. Fair enough. Fair enough. <sighs> so you're saying it's going to be a Georgia-Michigan national championship. Yep. And I'm saying Georgia-TCU. Yep. Fair enough. And I, I truly hate that pick because I would love for TCU and Sonny Dykes to keep on rolling. Um, however, I think this is the brick wall they hit. And it's uh, if let me put it to you like this: if this is not the brick wall that they hit, Georgia will be. Yeah. Oh, for sure. For yeah. sure. Georgia's winning the national championship this year, no matter <laughs> who we pick on the up and up. All right. Last but not least, we have a personal game. Mm-hmm. Multiple levels, this is a personal game. The betrayal of Drew Brees to the state of Louisiana. <laughs> um, the number 17th ranked LSU Tigers take on the unranked Purdue Boilermakers. A lot of people underestimate Purdue. Until Minnesota, Illinois, Wisconsin, And even then, you can make the case for Michigan early on in that game. If you have numbers in front of your name, Purdue is a powerhouse. They make a habit of upsetting people. They have a history of doing it, and it's a, it's a tradition that they continue to do. Kayshawn Boot is declared for the draft. Um, that being said, he is not the team's leading wide receiver. He's a very good option, and the only games that he has shown up for and looked like the Kayshawn Boot of last year was the Arkansas game when we needed him to show up. However, Jaden Daniels, 254 for 371. 2,774 rushing or passing, excuse me, I almost said rushing yards there, but it wouldn't have surprised me. <laughs> passing yards, 2774. Passing touchdowns, uh, 16 of them. 
and then three interceptions. Was it Aiden O'Connell? Aiden O'Connell. Aiden O'Connell for Purdue, 320 for 499, 3,490 yards passing, 22 touchdowns, 13 interceptions. Leading rusher, (laughs) (laughs) Jaden Daniels, 180 carries. I'm just, I'm so sad that he is still the leading rusher. 180 carries for 818 yards and 11 touchdowns on the ground, giving him 27 touchdowns on the season. For Purdue, they have a newfangled thing called a running back. Uh, Devin Kobe, 182 attempts, 920 yards, nine touchdowns. Team stats LSU, 32.3 points per game. Purdue, 28.1. Points allowed per game, LSU, 23.7. Purdue, 24.6. Total yardage, 442 for the Tigers, 410 for the Boilermakers. Yards allowed, 361 for the Tigers, 350 for the Boilermakers. LSU is coming off of back-to-back losses. A very upsetting loss to Texas A&M. And an expected but disappointing loss to the University of Georgia. That being said, LSU by a million (laughs) in both of those games. I still stand by it. Lost by a million. It's January 2nd. It's 1 p.m., and the weather is going to be like playing at home. Yep. It's in Orlando. They have not released a spread or an over-under yet. Um, there is actually going to be no betting on this game due to Drew Brees' involvement. Really? Mm-hmm. Why? He, he, had a, uh, he had a contract deal with Caesars, uh-huh. and that voided any kind of betting. Oh, wow. On this game. I think it was a contract deal with Caesars. I might be wrong on the brand there, but I know he had a contract deal with a sports betting company, and with his involvement in this game, there is going to be no allow- like Vegas bets, gotcha. I should say. So they're not going to release a spread or an over-under. Gotcha. That being said, LSU is favored on ESPN.com, 68.1, to produce 31.9. I can sit here and tell you all the ways that LSU can win this game. Um, how LSU loses this game is the exact same way Purdue makes their money. They underestimate them, and they say, Purdue's unranked, they're 8-5, and five. we're better than them. Go Tigers, let's... You know, kick some butt. S-T-T-D-B. <laughs> um, if Purdue's defense can key on Jaden Daniels early and keep him out of the pocket, Purdue can win. Straight up. If Jaden Daniels shows up like how he played at Arkansas, Purdue can win. Or Texas A&M at this point. Jane Daniels is healthy going into this. Um, 
Our receiving core is depleted, but we are still the Tigers. You know who I'm picking. I know who you're picking. LSU by a million. It doesn't matter who you're picking. Yep. It doesn't matter who you're picking. <laughs> um, Jay, first off, before I give my pick, Jay, who are you picking? Jay's going Tigers. <laughs> he did it just to kiss Cole's butt. Um, <laughs> uh, golly. Boilermaker, it's a train. Okay. Anyways. Uh <laughs> a tiger would beat a train in a fight. Sure. Sure. Maybe the train conductor, but not the train. Oh, okay. Yeah, you go by the train conductor, Jay. Anyways. Well, Tiger's not on tracks either, but... <laughs> um, give me a big fat... Go Tigers. Yeah. And here's why. Purdue is under so much change right now. It's not even funny. You've got a new OC in Graham Harrell. You left West Virginia. Okay, well, see how you're really Who will built. be on the sidelines in this game. Oh, he will. Oh, mm-hmm. interesting. They announced uh, that. Drew Brees is going to be there. He's going to be an interim assistant coach. And then Jeff Brom is gone. He's left. He's going to Louisville. So, Purdue's going under a lot of, going uh, is going under a lot of transition right now. Very unstable. I, I say unstable. They've already hired their new head coach and things like that. But I just think it's unstable right now. And LSU's been playing great ball down the road. Granted, they lost to Texas A&M in Georgia. Should never lost Texas A&M. Georgia is an exception. Probably should most definitely should have lost to Georgia. Shouldn't have lost to Florida State. Um, shouldn't have lost to Florida State, but you did because they blocked an extra point. <laughs> but that's that's neither here nor there. Yeah, it's fine. Um, but no, give me the Tigers. Just under better circumstances right now. Haven't lost your head coach. You're doing really well under your first year under your new head coach. Give me the Tigers. I think you're just doing. You're you're at a you're in a much better place than Purdue is right at the moment. Thank you. You're welcome. I appreciate. I didn't that. do this as a favor. I just want I you to know that now. Know. I'm just going. If I probably would have said that Purdue wins this game had they kept their head coach. Yeah. But. For that, I'm, I'm I'm going with the Tigers. I'm going with LSU. So, yeah. Um, so, New Year's Six. We're almost getting close to the end of the season. After this, we have uh, the Nash- these games to recap and mm-hmm. one more episode. And one more episode because or uh, two more episodes. Two more episodes because we will cre- recap the national championship game, and then we'll also have a recap of our entire season as well for yep. the Panther Pot. So that's going to be a lot of fun. Um, but yeah, so next week we're we'll go back to normal schedule. It'll be a every. It'll be a Wednesday episode for the so for the next two weeks. We're going to go back to a normal schedule and just have an every Wednesday episode. Um, remember the LSU game. If you want to catch LSU beat Purdue, that's Monday, January second of twenty twenty three. Happy New Year's Eve, everyone! Um, and then, hey Owen, see you next year. <laughs> see you next year. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, that's right. That's will be the next time I see you. Um, anyway, yeah. Oh yeah. See everybody next year. Our next episode will be uh, twenty twenty three. But um, but anyways, if you want to see LSU beat Purdue, it'll be January second on Monday. Today slash tomorrow, it's currently one thirty as we're recording this at on New Year's Eve. Um, yeah, we're staying up late tonight. That that doubleheader on a Friday fun episode was 
it's uh, brutal. It was it was brutal, but we hey, we enjoyed it. I I had a good time. I don't know about you. Um, <laughs> I'm here. <laughs> You're here. Yeah, we're we're kind of slowing down. It's it's getting late, but um, it's getting late. It is not late. It is getting late. <laughs> um, Brother, what do you mean? <laughs> it was you said late you didn't th- have to work tomorrow, so it's it all right. Late three hours ago. <laughs> it was late three hours ago. You old man. <laughs> Anyways, uh, I'm still on the college kid schedule, so that's why. Anyways, um, tomorrow. Or today, later today, New Year's Eve, when when you know, whenever you're able to listen to this, um, New Year's Six Bowl, Tulane, USC, and the Cotton Bowl, Alabama, K State, and the Sugar Peach Bowl. Bowl, no Sugar Bowl, Sugar Bowl on that one, yeah. Um, Penn State, Utah, and the Rose Bowl, semifinal, Georgia, Ohio State, Peach Bowl, and then um, Tulane, USC. I already is... said Tulane, USC, and Cotton Bowl. Yeah, but that's January second. That's Monday. Oh, that is January second. Yeah. Ha ha. Oh, what? Okay, and then January, so, and then yeah. Monday will also be the um, uh, 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 Rose Bowl as well. Yeah. Monday will also be the Rose Bowl as well. Um, but then, but tomorrow are the two semifinal games for the national championship that will decide that national championship game. So it's going to be a lot of fun. Um, yeah, it's been a great season. It's so sad that it's coming to an end. Uh, hey, you want to do an XFL and USFL podcast for spring? <laughs> We can if you want to. I don't know enough about it. No, I, I don't, don't, I don't know enough about it. Um, but for that, I'm Owen Spelling. My name's Cole Connor. And this has been the final Panther Pod episode of 2022. See you next year.